What is a woman? G'day, I'm Martin Isles, and this is the truth of it. Well, it's the question that went around the world earlier this year when the Supreme Court nominee, Justice Katanji Jackson-Brown, uh, was asked by a US senator, and she replied, I'm not a biologist. And then Senator Alex Antic uh, brought that to our own shores here in Australia and asked a whole bunch of senior public servants the same question. Of course, they couldn't answer either. And the reason it's come back to prominence in my viewing is because the Daily Wire have recently just put out a documentary called What is a Woman, directed or, or, or starring Matt Walsh who goes on a journey uh, and uncovers some really important stuff. You know, whatever I'm saying here isn't criticising that documentary at all. I think it's harrowing, it's difficult, uh, but it's a it's an important piece of work. Uh, and I must say, we all sat back and laughed and shook our heads and, uh, and we watched otherwise intelligent people grapple with this question. We thought how silly they are. But I want to submit to you something which has just been on my mind, which is I think that we have our own problems here. I don't think many of the scoffers could answer that question adequately either, because they were content with a very superficial answer. Uh, it's a good start, but it's a superficial answer. They were content with the answer that it is an adult human female. And indeed, that was the answer provided uh, in um, the documentary, What is a Woman? And that was enough for us. The truth is, it's not enough, and I reckon we all know it's not enough. Let me put it this way. Is a woman more than the sum of her physical parts? I think nearly everyone will say, well, yes. Well, all right. How? If the answer is yes, then immediately we're saying that there's something innately womanly in the nature of a woman. Not just the way she looks, not just the biological pieces and building blocks that make her up. And I want to go where angels fear to tread, and I want to answer the question properly. What is a woman? There are two things that are celebrated with emphasis in Scripture. Things that are distinctly feminine and absolutely good, and we can be confident of that. Things, uh, these things are where the story begins. When we are starting here, we are starting from safe ground. Uh, these may not be, I hasten to add, the last word. More on that in a minute, later on. But they are definitely the first word, and they are absolutely good. They are definitely the best word. They're affirmed by God himself. That's a really important little starting framework. One of the words is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20, and it is mother. That's what a woman is, right? A man is not a mother. Uh, here's a fun fact. Throughout the rolling epochs of redemptive history, not one thing is more celebrated about women than their motherhood. That was a great failure. It's a great failure of many women's conferences, women's ministries, our approach to young people, to young women and teaching and all that. We simply don't say this. Uh, and it's a fact. Scripture is repetitive in making this point. The ministry for which women are most praised, for which they are most associated, is their motherhood. That is typically held out as their great work for God and for the world. From the thanksgiving of Eve, who was the mother of all the living, to the earnest prayers of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, to the discretion of Jochebed, who was the mother of Moses, right up to the humility of Mary, the mother of Christ, who was the saviour of the world, these just scratch the surface. Read the Bible, the virtuous mothers stand out. And I am quite certain, based on this witness and the things that are said there, for those who are privileged to be mothers, God regards nothing more highly and takes no calling more seriously. And if a young woman is listening, I want her to hear that, because her world will not tell her. Indeed, her church may not tell her. 
That's the first word, mother. The second word is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It is part of the reason given by God for making something called a woman. It is the word helper. What does it mean? Well, let me give you a cultural thing first. Uh, and some will say this is some kind of uh, contorted patriarchy. But it's interesting. Uh, it isn't, in fact. It's interesting that often it is assumed that behind a great man is a great woman. There's a reason for that, which is more than patriarchy. It is because there is an innate knowledge that people have that women are strangely gifted to nurture, to love, to strengthen, to champion, to succor, S-U-C-C-O-U-R. It's a great word. It's an antiquated word, but to make strong uh, and to, to give strength to others when they act selflessly. Here is a nice way to expound that word helper as we find it in Genesis 2. Here is a human being concerning whom it is said by God, that she is at her best when she is making others their best. Now, I don't actually understand how she does it. Um, it is a very special thing and a very hard thing to articulate it. But I know, I know that we all know it's true. And it does mean that many women throughout history have occupied themselves in very selfless and very hidden work um, down through the ages that has happened. And that means that the world doesn't always recognize it. It means it's not always seen on the surface. But let me say this, God sure recognizes it. And the blessing that it creates for her world can be profound. And here is another observation. If you make a list of all the things that women are praised for in the New Testament, and there's a number of these lists um, that they are praised for as women, um, then you will find that most all of them are connected almost directly, or at least a little, to these two words, mother, helper, these two callings. Of course, this femininity is most potently expressed in marriage, as is masculinity. Um, and some will say to me, well, in light of that, and in light of what you've said there, are you marginalizing unmarried or childless women? Uh, the answer is, of course, no. Um, and indeed, I don't think that that's the intent of Scripture in the least. In this world, both of those things happen to some people. Uh, and I'm quite unashamed in saying that it ought to be a minority, um, because most people will be called to marry and have children, and most people need to grapple with that. Uh, but it is reality, right? Some That will happen in this world. Some will not go down this path. The traits that make up these key words are still expressed in all of life, and they still guide a great many of life choices and works that women pursue, and they still express something of the great strength that women carry in their persons. One well-known reality, just as an example, is that women enter supporting and people-facing roles and child-centered roles in great numbers, nursing, teaching, secretarial work, that kind of stuff. And that is not oppression. That is not patriarchy. That is largely reflective of something good. It is largely innate and natural. And yeah, society will take on something of a gendered look in the sense that there will be more masculine areas and more feminine areas. That's called situation normal because there is a calling and a nature that God has placed on men and on women and they are not the same thing. The controversy in this whole area actually arises in relation to this. Yes, these things are good. Yes, they are the first word. The question is, are they the last word? In other words, should they be imposed as absolute limits? Now, Scripture never actually says that they are the last word. 
Uh, and one needs to be quite careful about making hard prescriptions there. Because circumstances and callings can be very diverse, especially and usually as they affect individuals whose circumstances and situation may be atypical or unusual. Um, and it's important to note that. But I think maybe the best way to think about it is this. And this indeed is the counterculture. It really is. Our world says that the best woman is an independent woman. It says that independence and empowerment are the great female pursuits. Can you not see how that is at war with the Creator's intent when he made one who he decided that he would call, because of the way he made her, helper? That is a direct attack on femininity, that whole mantra. And we've fallen for it. Our world says that career and power are better than children. It embraces fur babies, dual incomes, no kids, you know, abortion, promiscuity, being unmarried. Uh, or it says, well, family's second and your empowerment is first. Just to scratch the surface, there's far more attack on family than that. Can you see how that is at war with the Creator's intent when he made, as it says in Genesis, the mother of all the living? And he got quite particular, quite finicky about mothering right through Scripture and exalting it. Again, a direct attack on femininity. So, no, not quite the last word, but let's embrace what the world has despised. The first words and the best words. And people ask me at this point, okay, now do one on men. And I promise you, I will in the fullness of time. It's just actually a little harder to do, but I will get it done.